The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman with the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And today my guest is Daniel Taub, who is the Senior Vice President of National Retail and Net Lease Divisions for Marcus and Millichap. Uh, Daniel, are you there? I am. Good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. And you just wrapped up uh, the ICSE convention in Las Vegas, and that is the biggest, uh, most influential retail real estate convention in the world uh, for real estate. And uh, tell us, how was it? And I'm not asking about the shows. I'm asking you, how was it as far as the the deals and what's the buzz? What did, what did you pull from that conference? So first, thank you for the opportunity and the invitation, John. Um I think the the to get to the point, I'd say it was it was a very good show, um, very well attended uh, by retailers, landlords, and, and other uh, professionals in the industry. Uh, the vibe and feedback um, was, I would say, overwhelmingly positive. Um, and you have really a tale of two cities going on in in the retail retail real estate industry, right? You have fundamentals operational leasing fundamentals are probably as good as they've been in a very long time. And that's pretty consistent geographically as well as between your private owners and your institutional owners. On the transactional side, as we all know, there's been a disruption uh, really related to the capital markets and the volatility that's been going on, going back to the the rise in interest rates that, that have been induced by the Fed. And that's really had the the impact in terms of why transactions have have slowed down so significantly. Even in the face of the capital markets disruption, because the overall performance and experience is so strong for retailers and landlords, the environment was very upbeat, very positive, um, conscious of kind of the larger macro issues that are that are out there. But today uh, there are no seemingly cracks within the, the retail real estate landscape. Uh, overwhelmingly, there's always issues, uh, but for the grand part of things, um, the takeaways were real retailer demand, again, very strong, whether it's the local mom-and-pop retailers or the nationals. Occupancy levels are at or near all-time highs, especially in suburban markets. Urban markets vary. Obviously, the impact on what the office worker occupancy levels are, you're seeing some level of impact in urban markets. The availability of vacant space is so low because of, uh, because of the lack of new development that's kind of been going on for the last 10 years coming out of the great financial crisis. Um, there is very little to no new ground up development, um, it, which has been a very uh, positive impact for the entire industry uh, to, to help with uh, supply demand. Um, retailers that have strong balance sheets and that are in growth mode are actively identifying opportunities for space as a result of some of the bankrupt retailers, um, all of which are no surprises and, and, and have been on everybody's radar, in addition to landlords 
who are looking to, to regain those spaces. Um, there is debt. Uh, as much as I mentioned the capital markets disruption, there is debt. It's just people may not want to acknowledge or they don't like where pricing is, and it is still a little bit volatile, but there is debt. There is liquidity in most of the traditional lenders um, that, uh, that, that lend to commercial real estate. Um, there's, there's obviously nuance in that, uh, but nonetheless, the, 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 the positive is, is that there is debt. Seller financing, something new, it's being offered and considered, but on a relative basis. And pricing and cap rates continue to adjust based upon traditional market forces. It's bridging that gap that has existed between sellers and buyers, what I like to call the price dislocation. And, and really, if you go back, and you know this, going back into historical context when interest rates and cap rates, they move, they just, you know, and they'll go in the same direction, but there's always a lag as it relates to cap rates and interest rates. And because of the expediency and the, and the size of the interest rate movements, the market forces which normally work are, are working, and you're starting to see a, a, a bridge, if you will, again, between sellers and buyers. That price dislocation is, is shrinking uh, as the markets just work their way through. Unanchored strip retail centers, which have been coming more and more in favor uh, over the past few years, continue to show positive performance as well as strength and strong demand, both from private and institutional investors. Um, and I think that there is a, an appetite on the investment side, plenty of liquidity um, that uh, wants to continue to identify investment opportunities in retail, whether it's on the net lease side and or the multi-tenant. And I, and, and I think the takeaway was and the sentiment directly from, from investors was they look and, and hope to be more active gradually between now and the end of the year, obviously subject to, to anything you know, uncontrollable or unforeseen. So to sum it up, it was, um, it was a very strong, overwhelmingly positive, well-attended conference, and I think the sector is is being cautiously optimistic, but very aware of of possible issues that are out there that you know that exist for for all businesses that are going to have to contend with operating in this environment. That's very very helpful, Daniel. One comment I make is that I recently was looking at a report, and it was the top twenty five largest office buildings in Orlando, Central Florida. And if you look just at the column of occupancy, you'd say, looks like it's pretty doing pretty good. But if you looked at availability, it's terrifying because there are clearly tenants that have a lease that they're not occupying. And if things go the way they go, there absolutely could be, you know, if there's if the average building in Office Bay in Orlando is at 92%, it could drop to 72%, you know, really quickly. And so when I hear you say, um, the fundamentals are strong. There's no weird thing like that that's hanging out there, right? So it sounds like you've really identified that really, really well. And on the transaction side, you know, it's funny. I bought an unanchored strip last last year. I guess it's shadow anchored. It's done really well. I agree with everything you're saying, and I love that comment on price dislocation. That like, uh, if it's if it's priced right, it'll still move. 
It's just people trying to understand what what is pricing really look like. So did I did I get that accurate of what you're trying to communicate? Yeah, absolutely. And and the comment on Orlando is is a good one that I think people should understand. As as the office slash work from home slash hybrid uh, pendulum continues to kind of find it find its way. The mar- it, it varies. There's this obviously overhang in terms of what is going on vis-a-vis office occupancy relative to what companies' work policy is, and it varies uh, geographically by industry. So you can't necessarily paint a broad brushstroke when you're looking at it from a retail investment standpoint. You really need to understand the office sector occupancy to your point, physical occupancy versus versus economic occupancy, because not all urban markets are experiencing the same impact, but but there is an impact and, and that could be, to your point, that that drop could continue uh for, for some period of time and therefore impact that retail existing product and or, you know, investors looking to get into that. But then again, John, you've seen it too, right? You know, it's cyclical. And so at the moment, office is experiencing, obviously, the the impacts of, 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 you know, the the COVID effect. What comes around goes around. So urban markets will will adjust. What it will look like and when, obviously, is the big question. But it also creates opportunities for those investors with, you know, patience and capital. We're going to need to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. And uh, so, Daniel, hang on. We'll be right back, okay? Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. And we're back. Uh, Daniel, you have spent, as long as I've known you, which has got to be over 20 years, uh, the majority of your career, big part of your active career is at a C-suite level where uh, either you, you're the guy or you're working with the guys or you're, you're in the room. So you have a very long, wide and deep context of successful and unsuccessful C-suite CEO people in our industry. When I, when I say, hey, man, Daniel, just visualize the, the top CEO type of people you admire. What are the traits that jump out to you that of what makes a great leadership, great CEO? Oh, boy. It's, uh, it's, it's a question that really can, can, can encapsulate so many different things. But I think if you had to distill some of the top characteristics, first of all, the having genuine, authentic uh, people skills and relationships with the people who you work with um, is is a huge element of it. Um, our industry, like many industries, but our industry, it is very much a people business. Uh, 
uh, in all aspects. And so while ChatGPT and other technologies are very important, the, the industry still remains a very much a people business. So your ability to connect, your ability to be empathetic, your ability to motivate uh, and truly lead, uh, not dictate, not um, force, but to truly lead people and give them the tools that are going to make them better and successful. Um, and, and, and with a clear communication of what the, the company, the, the division, the department, whatever it may be, is focused on and, and how they play a role in it. So I would say that's a huge uh, component of it. And there's so much more that goes into that, but that, that's kind of a, a summary of it. I think the other is you don't always have to be right. Um, being a, a great leader isn't necessarily about being right. In fact, surrounding yourself with people that, that may be smarter than you in that fact that they are true experts in their field, um, I think is one of the reasons that some of the great leaders that have existed through multiple cycles uh, and, and events have been able to create sustainable, uh, well-functioning teams is to surround those people um, who who do have those skills and that you can rely upon, but yet at the same time that you can uh, influence, um, you know, in, in staying true to and staying focused on the overall strategy or goals, either at an asset level or from a company level. Um, I think that those two broad yet so you can go deep in all of them, I think those are, are at the very top of what great leaders have done in terms of building, developing, sustaining, maintaining high-performing, high-efficient organizations that uh, you know that 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 can uh, successfully navigate kind of the, the the evolutionary dynamic nature that retail real estate is. I think that uh, young people listening to this and knowing you and knowing me would be surprised at uh, all the years you and I've worked together, the authentic relationship you and I have. Um, you and I first met because I was working at Trimble Crow Company. I was selling shopping centers. Uh, you were buying shopping centers and that, that's the context. And you and I, we had dinner together in Charlotte. We had dinner together in cities all over the world and kind of stuff. And then, uh, and then I had my own company. And when I, I had my last company, you and I didn't have any direct business together, really. We just would we would just meet and share data, and then now I'm I'm buying, and then you know you're on the services side. It's like how funny is that? Like it's it's switched. The th thing about it is though, I remember one time, and this is maybe uh, 17 years ago, being in a meeting with you, I think in Las Vegas, and my wife called, and I said, "Hang on a second, I can take this call." And then I got back into the meeting, and I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry about that." And you looked at me, and you said, "John, I don't know what that was about." Uh, but I know exactly what that was about. And, um, you know, I just always appreciate the fact that um, over the years, I could call you and ask you about what do you think cap rates are doing on grocery and shopping centers? But I also could call you and say, hey, I'm about to be an empty nester. How do I prepare for that emotionally? And I can ask you either one of those questions. And I think you would answer them in the same level of time. And that's uh, that when you said authenticity, I think that's a word authentic leadership, it very much describes who you are as a person and it goes to the part of the value of the relationship. Does, it, does that all make sense? It does. And, and it's, it's so critical 
this is, uh, again, in business in general, but especially in retail real estate, which the, the, the longer you're in it, the smaller the industry becomes. And at the same time, it becomes potentially that much more beneficial and impactful if you're genuine and authentic about who you are with everybody. And you, you really give to your network, you really give to your friends um, at, at all times, whether it is transactional in nature or not, it shouldn't be different. You should really, you know, we're all individuals and people first. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate in, in what we have been able to do in our careers. Um, so I think that comes into play. And I think people who work with you and are part of your team really appreciate that genuine authenticity. And that's part of what helps create a culture and an environment that attracts and retains talent of all different shapes and sizes to create a high-performing, high, highly efficient team. When I, when I think about you, before I asked you the question, when I was thinking to myself, uh, what has Daniel taught me as a leader? What I wrote down about you, what you've taught me, was relationship, knowledge, and reliability. And what you said about knowledge was, what you kind of added to what I was thinking of you, is like, you don't have to know all the answers, you just need to know who knows the answers, right? But in that last part about one of the ways I describe you as reliable, man, not everybody gets back to me, right? Like, you know, the thing about you is that even if you're a no or you're, you, you can't do something or whatever gone, you always respond. And so being a reliable person, I think makes people attracted to you. Like you, you make the short list because man, Daniel's going to, Daniel says, yes, he's going to be there for us. And that, that says a lot, means a lot as a leader. Look, I think, you know, I think that goes in hand with communication and being an effective communicator involves actually a lot of work um, and, and, and work. I mean, not in a negative way, work in that in order to be effective, um, being clear and transparent and sharing slash caring and equally as important, listening is, is probably a skill that a lot of people take advantage of or think that they're very good at. And, and it takes something to, it takes an, uh, an event for them to maybe understand how good they are or not and whether it's opportunity to improve. For me, um, just kind of in general, which is, I, I just think it's the right thing to do as a person. Like if, if someone's asking something, you have a courtesy, just pure humankind courtesy to say yes, no, maybe whatever, but to communicate and to share and to be responsive. Uh, but I think that's just part of a being a good person, but B, I think it's as a leader, I think your words and how you communicate and what you say and don't say what you do and don't do is magnified by a hundred X over someone else who's in management or is part of the team. But as a leader, you really have to be conscious of it. And the more you're conscious of it, the more it just becomes natural in addition to who you are as a person. And I think people appreciate that because they do. They do. a lot of things don't happen because they don't get, there's not clear communication or they're not getting the response or the feedback that they need in order to go on and do what they do within your organization 
So I think it's just, I think it's just for me, it's, I would want that if I was on the other end. So it's like, I'm just treating people as I would like to be treated. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. You are authentic. You're real. You're a leader. I would say you're a minch is what I would say about you, Daniel. And um, uh, I'm really, really thankful you're my friend. Um, so thanks for being on the show today and sharing with us. We're going to take a take a break, and then we're going to come back with a final word. Uh, so thank you, Daniel Tab, for being on the show with us today. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. Once again, here's John Crossman. Mike, uh, Daniel Taub, I'm so glad you got to get a little time with him. One of my favorite people in the industry. My goodness, again, another one of your guests that is just doing it and doing it in the Big Apple. Right, no, he's making it happen and he now does stuff all across the country. I, when I first met him, you know, I was selling shopping centers and he was buying shopping centers and that's actually a small world, right? There's mm-hmm. not that many people, brokers that specialize in, there's not many people that are buying and selling. And so I would go to conferences in Las Vegas and New York and Chicago and Atlanta and Charlotte and obviously in Florida um, all the, you know, all the time. And every single conference I would meet with Daniel and in that context, he's buying, I'm selling, right? So that made sense. And then I shifted in this part of my career for 13 years where we're not doing the same thing. We're just, he's buying and I was, you know, managing centers, right? Mm-hmm. And then he makes a switch. He's now brokering selling and now I'm buying, right? Isn't that crazy? That's funny. And so, but in the, all those 13 years that we weren't directly doing business, we still met every year. Mm-hmm. We still met in those conferences. We still traded information. And as much as like when he talked in the beginning where he's talking about what's going on in the industry, I mean, that is as sharp and astute and the exact definition describing what's just happened in the conference. That's that. And then on the relationship side, that's the other side of our business and in, in, in the industry that's also equally important. So I could call Daniel and say, hey man, what's going on with cap rates? But I also could call him and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to become an empty nester. What do I do with my life? You know, like, it's really an way. amazing thing when you're at that level. I mean, yeah. I know the CEO level, I can't even comprehend it. The amount of details you have to be concerned about and the amount of hours you put in. But the, there's one thing that is no different than anybody else, and that's that role of relationship. Yeah. And so when you've met him, you met him in the beginning, probably met him professionally, but, but it's cool to see how relationships just birth into friendships. Yeah. And that's what's happened between you and well, Daniel. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we're, we're from geographic regions differently. We, we, we probably don't completely align theologically or politically or, or whatever, 
but man, we align in business and we align in our humanity, mm-hmm. right? So when we're talking about children and marriage and graduations, <laughs> you know, and all the different life things that, that come up. And so that's the, that's the value of it. It's like, yeah, we're going to do business together and you want to do business with the best people and you want to have relationships that are real and authentic. And I think he, he hit that balance. Right. And so absolutely good. And I really did love the comment about, you know, I talked when I think about him being so knowledgeable and then he went on to make the comment that knowing other people that are knowledgeable, you don't have to right. have all the answers. You just need to have relationships with people that do. Yeah. And if you then can pick up the phone and, and, and I want to be that person to him and he's definitely that person to me. I like the honest answer that you'll get when somebody is asked a question and they don't know the answer yeah. to it. They'll say, well, I don't know it, but I know who does. Right. <laughs> and I can get on the phone and call them and get you the answer. Yeah. And that's what you want, right? Just people, you know, shooting straight and giving the answer. And then I love uh, being reliable. Man, I, listen, there are people I call an email and they don't return the call, don't return the email. Um, that guy's reliable. How many years have you known him now? At least 20 years. Wow. At least 20 years. Yeah. That's an enduring friendship right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, takes work, takes effort on both sides. But you know, when I reached out to him and said, Hey, I'd like to have on the show and talk about Vegas, he immediately said yes. And listen, he's, he's in New York. He was in Vegas. Good part of the week. He has to be tired, but he showed up and was here for you and me, Mike. That's wonderful. Anyway, thankful for uh, that. Thankful for the show. And you know what, Mike, uh, let's make sure to spend some time this weekend remembering, uh, those who have fallen uh, in combat, making sure that you and I have our freedom. That's exactly you right. And I, you and I have this Day show. Weekend. Yep. And all the family we have, we have because many gave it all. So let's just have prayers this weekend for those who lost their lives, gave their lives so that we can have our freedoms. And with that, uh, thank you for being part of the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.